On Inside Motorsport today, we look back at the AMP 1000 of 1998. I hope you'll stay with us. In 1998, as many of the years around that time, there was a practice day at Bathurst. Not only were there two Bathursts, but there was also two practice days. Colin Ford went up to Bathurst about five weeks before the October long weekend to meet some of the super touring stars in their cars and also speak to the event organiser. We relive those interviews some 22 years later here today on Inside Motorsport. Lead drive with Audi Sport Australia, Brad Jones. Brad, you've been around in Australian motorsport for, for some years now. If I remember you going back some years, it was with uh, Mitsubishi Starring in the Group A days. You've been through the V8 Commodores uh, with HRT and Coca-Cola Racing. Multiple Australian Oscar champion, a NASCAR champion, 1996 Australian Super Touring champion. What's next? Well, I really don't know. I'd like to wrap up the 1997 um, Australian... Um, Super Touring Car Championship as quickly as I can. I mean, if we can get through that, then, um, you know, of course, then there's Bathurst. I mean, there's always a, a mountain to climb, and um, we just, you know, address it as it comes along. But really, for this year, to, to be this, the uh, Touring Car Champion in our in our class and to be the Bathurst winner would be fantastic. You've come second a number of times at Bathurst. There's always that desire to, to get to the top step of the podium. It takes a lot of hard work, and you've got a very hard-working team. How much of a, is it that teamwork that gets you there? Oh, it's every part of it. I mean, it's a bit. You know, I said uh, in an interview just recently, it's uh, motor racing is one of those sports like horse racing, and it doesn't matter how good the jockey is if he's on a donkey, he's never going to win. And it's exactly the same here. You've got to have good cars and good crew to get the job done. And unfortunately, I have that in the last couple of years. I've got a fantastic crew. They work really, really hard. Same with the cars, the Audi's a beautiful little car and it works really well and that's a very important part of our organisation and operation. In terms of your support you get from Audi Germany, you obviously get very good support. How important is that relationship with a major manufacturer? Um, I think in super touring it's 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 important. It's not you know it's not everything. I mean, have a look at how Cameron McLean's going the BMW. He has very little help from them and he does especially well. Um, because the cars are built by the factory, so then it's just a matter of maintaining them. But um, it's important, sure, and uh, and it's something that the class definitely needs more of. But it's not it's not the total package. You need to have all the other bits and pieces as well. Going back a bit into the past, what would you describe as was your worst moment ever in motorsport? My worst moment in motorsport. Wow. Um, you know, it's not something that I really think about. I. Um, um, Probably very early in my career, I was driving for, for um, uh, Peter Fowler in the um, Mercedes Benz and and the the Chev Monza, and the cars handled one of the cars was the Colt, the, the Chev Monza was handling this particularly badly, and I couldn't get anywhere near the times that Grice was doing in the car. And really, at that point in my life, I um, I was starting to wonder whether or not I had what it took to uh, to be competitive and be able to make a living out of it. But you know, as it turns out, things fell my way a little bit, and I went on to do all sorts of things. But it's probably plenty of lousy moments but it's the things that people don't get to see you know the off-track stuff the politics and and I've over the years found that the hardest thing to handle all the all the backroom stuff that no one ever hears about or sees that affects a driver's career so much it's uh, soul destroying. And what would you say is your best moment in motorsport to date? Well I can't actually stop and tell you one there's a there's a few very rewarding moments that I've had winning my first Oscar championship with 
be right up there as a highlight. It was a, a fantastic feeling, and uh, it was the first Australian championship that I ever won. So of course, that would be make it fairly close to my heart. We went on to dominate that category, which is, you know, a category basically built for for um, everyone to have equal vehicles and no one to dominate, and and we won there for five years in a row. And um, you win the Super Touring Car Championship, and when the Americans came out with a NASCAR, I was right in there amongst them. There's so many things that are, that are highlights going to Macau and having Frank Biller drive in there. Our team uh, finishing second and third with the Audi Sport team, which I'm a partner in last year, was a highlight because not only was I driving and being competitive, but it was our team. And, and it's things like that that really uh, stick in your mind. And, and the great thing about the sport is I've got lots of fond memories that I'll look back at over the years and, and fondly remember. One of the things that stands out about yourself is you have a very good rapport with, with the fans, that you're always there signing the autographs, uh, smiling, joking, saying things. How important to you is that fan feedback? Oh, it's very important. The fans are what makes the sport successful And at the end of the day, and they go to the trouble to spend the money and come through the door and watch it on TV. So I don't think it's too much to expect a couple of minutes of a, of a driver's time that you've come out here to see. Um, and so I try and do as much as that as I can because I see it as a very important part of, of, well, not just our sport, any sport, really. One final question. If you had a choice from any driver currently driving in motorsport anywhere in the world is your co-driver for a major event, say like Bathurst, who do you think you'd pick? Well, I guess the obvious one is Michael Schumacher, but really it's not that simple. One thing I have learned over the years is every car's a little bit different and just because you're know, your head and shoulders above everyone else, um, it doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, come to Bathurst wouldn't it mean nothing to Michael Schumacher where someone like Cameron, it would mean everything to win that race. So, yeah, I couldn't, it's not an offhanded question that I can go, yep, Michael Schumacher, because it's not like that. Look, I think there's there's a lot of good drivers around the world and um, uh, what usually governs how successful they are or they aren't is, uh, is the cars. You know, when we had Frank Biller here last year, he was recognised, if not the best, one of the best touring car drivers in the world. And um, uh, while he did a fantastic job for us, and we were really, really happy with him, he wasn't outstanding compared to the other three drivers in the team. So I think I'd like someone that's a team player and fast and do the job and not cause us any grief. So it's a case of who best sits in the seat to, to do the job for the team? Exactly right. We're looking for team players here. Brad Jones, thanks very much for your time. Thank you. Speaking with Audi Sport Australia, Audi Quattro driver Cameron McConville. Cameron, can you tell us a little bit about, about your background in motorsport? Yeah, sure. I, uh, I started in uh, karting when I was seven, seven years old and uh, got into car racing proper when I was 14, so I became the youngest uh, driver to get a CAMS licence and did uh, two years in Vs and then went on to Formula Ford and had a couple of seasons in Fords and won the Formula Ford Championship in 92. And uh, from then on, I did some sort of co-driving at, at Bathurst in uh, in uh, in Dick Johnson's team, and also in a private couple of privateer cars. And then I, I did the uh, went into GTP or into production cars. So I had a roof over my head in '96 uh, and won the GTP championship. And uh, and then for the last two years, I've uh, joined Audi Sport. As you say, you've got a fairly broad experience here, ranging from the cars. Do you believe that the, the grounding in carts is something that any good driver should have? Oh, without a doubt. I think, um, I mean, if you're starting motorsport at a slightly older age, it's probably not relevant. But for youngsters, karting is just fantastic. It teaches you racecraft, you know. Not only does it teach you how to handle a, a cart, like understeer, oversteer, it teaches you how to race closely with, with other people. OK, looking back over those years of, of motorsport experience, what do you reckon was your worst moment in motorsport? 
My worst moment would have to be, you know, 1993 at Bathurst when I was running third and uh, and had a crash over the top of the mountain. And, um, you know, I suppose I, I got a fair bit of flack for doing that. But uh, since then, you know, I've won a championship and maybe another one this uh, with the Super Touring sort of getting it towards the end of the series. But um, I'd have to say that that, that Bathurst uh, weekend was my worst to date. And what do you reckon has been your best experience in motorsport to date? Best experience would have to be still winning the GT production car championship. You know, I hadn't driven in the series ever before 96. I hadn't raced a Porsche before and we, we came in and, and fortunately won the championship. So um, that and having some super touring wins, six wins this year, has been my, my highlight to date. And what's your hopes for the 1998 AMP 1000 at Bathurst? To win it, without a doubt. You know, it's third last year and... Uh, I think the Audi Sport team is very professional and do a great job, so to win that race would be fantastic, and I think we have the package to do it. In terms of a co-driver for that, is there anybody, if you had a choice of all the drivers that are out there, who you'd prefer to be your co-driver for that event? John Bauer. <laughs> um, probably John Bauer. You know, I mean, obviously, John Bauer or Brad Jones, I better say Brad. But no, Brad and I, you know, I think do similar times in the cars, so we're very well suited. So if I wasn't able to drive with Brad, I'd have to say John Bauer. He's a guy that I admire, you know, quite a bit. And what does the future hold for Karen McConville? Well, I'll just have to get through this season and get through Bathurst. But, uh, you know, my main aim, I suppose, what I, what I would like to do would be to race uh, in the States in open wheelers. But uh, if I'm to do that, I have to do it next year and uh, get across there. But if I can't do that, then um, we'll just see what, what transpires here. But uh, Bathurst is the first priority for me. Karen McConville, thanks for your time. Thanks very much. One of the original drivers from the Australian Super Touring Series is Mark Adderton, who's been in the series since the beginning, back in 1994. Mark, would you like to tell us a little bit about your motorsport background? Yeah, well, unfortunately, we, uh, we didn't start the way everybody else does in Formula Ford go-karts. I mean, we used to race go-karts a little bit, but basically um, we got thrown in the deep end. My brother decided to start up a two-litre series, and I did five club races and then got stuck into a uh, two-litre. So I got thrown in the deep end, but um, luckily so far I've been swimming, so it's not too bad. Now, since you've been in the series in 1994, you've been through a, a whole range of cars. Would you like to run through what some of those cars you've driven are? Yeah, I started out in a little um, Toyota Sprinter. It was a, like 1600, and me and Justin Matthews had the same cars, and we used to battle amongst each other. Then um, I got a BMW uh, M3, one of the old Coke cars. Then I um, progressed on to, a, um, to Peugeot, where I stayed for two years with Mike Quinn. Uh, we, I drove three, three types of Peugeots in that, in that time. Then drove a Toyota with Neil Bates, and then uh, this year we're driving a Honda Accord. And the Honda Accord uh, that you're running here has actually got a bit of a history in Australia. Yeah, um, it started out in England um, and then came across to uh, run by Steve Richards, who ran it um, in the series two years ago. So it's quite an old car, but we're um, battling on. Now, going back on that, those few years of motorsport you've had here in Australia, what do you reckon was your worst moment ever in Australian motorsport? I think to think that um, maybe the uh, Greg Hansford thing. I mean, it was, it was an unfortunate thing, and um, we all go in with that kind of... Um, thought that you know it, it is a dangerous sport and uh, unfortunately it was the start of the year and the start of my second year and um, that was probably the worst thing it would have to be the worst thing that's, uh, that's happened to you you know I hadn't and going the other way what do you reckon has been the best thing that's happened to you so far um, it's probably with the Toyota we struggled all year fortunately won that uh, towards the end of the year we started to get the thing going well and um, we won two privateers cups races at Amaru Park so we won them back to back which was um, a big bonus for us that was the final round last year if I remember correctly yeah, and I'm really disappointed on that because um, I like Amaru and I did all my club racing there and uh, it would have been nice to run the last series there. And what are your plans for the future? We've got a big plan for next year if it all comes off um, to get two brand new cars out from England and have a shot at the actual overall title. 
I'm really getting sick and tired of just running around where I'm running around. But it's nobody's fault. The fact is the cars are old and we don't get the best tyres, we don't get the best engines. And um, I'd like to have you know a couple of brand new ones next year and have a shot at uh, like an outright win. Of course, one of the important things of those, you guys got to try and pull together the sponsorship, the, the technical backup, and do the deal on the cars. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Honda are giving us a little bit of technical support, but I mean, unless we would like to get two brand new cars out of here and maybe get the, some guys from the teams in England to come out and show us around like they did with Cameron McLean in the beginning of the year, it just stops all the mucking around and gets you um, up front a bit further and a bit quicker. Mark Haddon, thanks for your time. Thank you. One of the flying Kiwis at this year's. AMP 1000, it's Tony Newman driving the Peugeot 406. Tony, you'd like to tell us a little bit about your background in motorsport. Um, yeah, I basically started out in motorbikes. Um, usual story, a few too many broken bones and getting a bit old and I thought, hmm, I want to do something else. So, yeah, I got into um, club car racing in New Zealand, sort of worked my way through to uh, running a GDR and then came to Australia and thought, well, I want to get into something over here and two litres seemed like the idea. Do you think that the two litre series is a good series to get into? Definitely. I think it's a way it's going to go in the future. Um, competition is, is quite good, and it's not, uh, how would you term it, it's serious, but everybody's prepared to help everybody else, and I think that makes a big difference, because most of us are in it for the enjoyment. And your cars you're running, you run last year, the Peugeot 405, this year the Peugeot 406. Is there any particular reason why you've gone for the Peugeot? No, not really. When we started with the 405, that was the two best cars available. And then the end of the year, we had the opportunity with the 406s being here at Bathurst to do a deal and, um, yeah, basically just put it together from that. Now, in your history of the motorsport so far, do you have any, what you might call, your worst moment in motorsport? i uh, probably got two I want to forget about. One, obviously, is the um, 405 upside down at Amaru. That was definitely an interesting one. Going back... Uh, I also had one a few years ago in New Zealand in a GDR where we ran out of brakes at about 300 k's and sort of... Um, went through a few fences and actually visited a prison over there. So, yeah. Calder doesn't come out with the famous flying in front of Peter Hills? No, no, actually Calder, I really thought we got away with it when the car headed in, into the infield. Nobody told me about the grate, so I was sort of pretty relaxed about it and then it just happened so quick. Um, and really, I think I got out of that one very, very lightly when you consider or look at the TV afterwards. Whereas Amory last year, when you sort of finally came to a hold, was a case of, hang on, the world doesn't look the way it should? Um, definitely, definitely. And also, I could see it coming. You know, I had more, um, shit, this is going to hurt. Um, you know, and, yeah, it was just the fact that Calder was uh, an easy crash, I suppose, for want of a better term, and uh, Amory wasn't. Now, going the other way, what do you reckon has been your best moment in motorsport? A difficult one. Probably Bathurst last year, actually, despite the fact that it was Dwayne pushing it. It was just the uh, the atmosphere, um, the whole race, and then definitely the way it finished. You think it was that team spirit and the, the determination to get there over the finish? Oh, for sure, yes, yes. I mean, when everybody from the team's there just cheering them on and, yeah, just the atmosphere, the, the basically. And what's your plans for the future in motorsport? Um, we'd like to get the other 406 here, um, well, when I say get it here, I mean it's coming. It's just a matter of when, when we finally have the money. And basically to be able to run a team um, a bit better than we're running it this year in terms of uh, attracting money, I suppose, is probably the biggest thing. So that we can be a little bit more serious about it. Is one of the things you wish you could get a little bit more financial support out of your colleagues back in New Zealand? Uh, for sure, yes. <laughs> so if there's any New Zealanders listening, the best thing they can do is send you some money. I wouldn't object to that at all. In fact, I wouldn't object if anybody sent me money. Okay, Tony Newman, thanks for your time. Thank you.
twice winner of the Independence Cup in the Australian Super Touring Series is Cameron McLean. Cameron, you'd like to tell us a little bit about your background in motorsport? Yeah, um, I've been racing probably on and off for the last 10, maybe 12 years. From Before that, I raced a bit of carts and bikes, but I've, I've raced historic cars and sports sedans and then really slipped into the, the Super Touring after sports sedans. We ran a BMW. We've had a Fiat 1500, 1962 historic car, an EH Holden, a 1964 historic car. Then we moved up to a, um Alpha Turbo sports sedan uh, and really got the taste for quick tin tops then and moved on to a BMW M3, which was what uh, Tony Longhurst ran in the Touring Car Championship. And after that, it was pretty much a natural progression. Super Touring was really kicking off and we, we got a BMW uh, Super Touring in 96, then the Vector, and then we got this BMW now. Now, the current BMW that you're running in the 1998 Australian Super Touring Championship and also the AMP 1000 has got a bit of a history. Like, tell us a bit of the history of the car. Yeah, well, it's a 96 model car. I think it was ran, run in Italy uh, when, in 1996 and uh, it came out here for BMW. Actually, no, it was ran out, run here in 1996. Big start again. Yep, the car we've got was run, in, run by BMW Motorsport for the last two years and it, uh, it came second to Brad in the title um, in 96. And then Paul won it last year in this car, and it won Bathurst, and and then got disqualified from Bathurst. So it, it knows how to win. We've just got to try and extract that from it and get something this year. Yeah, a matter of learning the car and the setup of the car during the year. Yeah, well, last year we spent the whole year trying to learn about setting up and driving front-wheel drive cars, and um, you know we've had to then go back to what is a conventional rear-wheel drive car. But the problem is they're that advanced technology. You know, with the technology now, you've got to. Um, really little changes and different sorts of changes that don't really make sense make the cars work so you've got to get your crew and yourself sorted out in that department okay over your history in motorsport what do you reckon has been your worst moment in motorsport so far my worst moment would have to be leading that super tour race in 98 at lakeside and getting that yellow flag missing that yellow flag and getting the black flag penalty and what do you reckon has been your best moment so far in motorsport i think there's two there's um actually at Sandown 500, we won a wet Thunder Sports race in the M3 against all the 600 horsepower sports sedans, and it was a dice to the line. And then as a championship, racing Steve Richards in 97 and winning the Independence Cup, Independence Cup beating him, and that was a close fight right to the end too. Yeah, it was a real battle all year long between the two of you. It was sort of one to get an advantage and another to get an advantage, so it was right down to the wire. Yeah, like, I think um, he led the championship twice and I led it twice, you know, during the year, and we ended up leading at the right end of the year, of course. And yeah, it, it was a... Oh, actually, at the time, it wasn't a lot of fun, but it, looking back now, it was a good year. And what's the plans for the future for the Greenfield Mowers team? Well, each year we've we've increased in um, the car, how we're going in the race. We've got better. Our positions in the race have moved up, and we're working better as a team. We're understanding how the series works and the cars works better. And we're talking to um, more sponsors, or well, same sponsors for next year, manufacturers. Uh, we're looking at Super Touring for 99 and, and still with BMW. And hopefully to try and expand the team if uh, the dollars and everything come together. Yeah, there's a lot of things that have got to happen before that happens, before we get two cars and two drivers and stuff. Uh, right back to the shop, you know, we need a different shed and a different truck and it just, you've got to really start from the beginning. Um, but we've got to make sure this one car, we can do one car properly and at a better level than we w- this year and try and dice with these Audis and Volvos next year uh, before we really get too worried about two cars. But it's still a possibility, things are still happening. Aaron McLean, thanks very much for your time. No problem, thank you. Speaking today with Greg Eaton from the organising group for the AMP 1000 at Bathurst. And Greg, things are starting to come together for the great race. It's only a few weeks away. It is. It's only uh, four weeks away today. It might be five weeks, but uh, no, things are coming together very well for us. We've come up with a really strong uh, grid this year. At the moment, we have 45 entries uh, from three uh, areas, England, 
uh, Australia, of course, and New Zealand. The New Zealand contingent is actually very, very strong this year with the uh, New Zealand Touring Car Championship cars coming out there, the Schedule S cars, as they call them, and they're going to be quite an interesting group of cars to see. Uh, they will be. They're a great-looking car. They look very much like the Super Tourers here. They bring some interesting names with them that we don't normally see on cars here. The fellows over in New Zealand are really putting a lot into this preparation, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing them here. Of course, we've got the Europeans who are coming out. We've got some names that have been mentioned already. Ricard Rydell with Volvo, uh, Tim Harvey, who's been out here before with Peugeot, uh, Jan Flash Nielsen, who was a, a good person out here last year. Can you tell us about a few of the other teams coming from Europe? Sure thing. The uh, Vauxhall Triple Eight team is uh, a wonderful team to be having out here again this year with Cleland and Warwick will be in the lead car. And, of course, with the announcement of Greg Murphy and Russell Ingle in the second car carrying Holden Vectra badge signage, it's great to see the uh, general back of the mountain this year as well. And, of course, one that we're looking forward to is some of the independents because we hear that uh, people like Rob Gravett and DC Cook Racing. Yes, um, Gravett and Brooks, uh, Gravett uh, in their Honda, they've been of interest to us all year and we've had a lot of dialogue and they're definitely a starter. DC Cook, I hear, are very interested in their Renault Laguna. So that'll be great to see them here as well. I hope to have all those confirmed, I think, now within the next... Well, within the next five days, they're really going to have to confirm their passage. That's right, they've got to get themselves booked on those planes and get all the, the cars and other bits and pieces over here in time. Yes, indeed. It's uh, a large logistical uh, operation for us this year. Inward, we'll be air freighting the UK teams in. From uh, New Zealand, they'll be coming in on sea freight, and then everyone will go back by sea freight. Uh, this year, there'll be some uh, 35 container loads of international teams coming to the mountain, so it's a logistics nightmare we haven't had to put up with in the past. Of course, part of that logistics nightmare as well, you've got the people coming over for the Austin Healy race as one of the support races, so that's a, a big thing as well. Fantastic. Yes, we're really pleased to get the uh, Sir Donald Healy uh, commemorative Healy race to the mountain this year. At the moment, there's some 40 big Healys entered. Uh, yes, there are some cars coming from England, some cars from uh, at least one car from the UK, sorry, one car from uh, the USA and some from New Zealand. These cars, you've got to remember, will run around the mountain on two and a half inch wheels. We'll have lots of sideways motion and lots of tyre squeal for sure. And of course, one of, the, one of the other support races you've got lined up is the NASCAR, so there's some big thunder there with those guys. There is indeed. We've gone for a lot of entertainment. Uh, we're offering a, 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 a quite a varied support race this year. NASCAR, NASCAR 100 race, some great racing will happen there. That'll be on the Saturday afternoon. 100 kilometres around the mountain, they're thinking it'll take them only about 30 minutes to complete the race. At the moment we've got 23 entries and uh, I understand Russell Ingalls signed in to drive one of those as well. So we, uh, we're really uh, putting on a great weekend's uh, entertainment. And that's the thing, it's, it's one of those weekends where that, uh, because it is a holiday weekend, people can come up to the mountain and, and really thoroughly enjoy themselves with a, a feast of motorsport. Yep, by the sounds of it they can come up and vote, vote at the mountain this year as well on the, on the uh, Saturday. But uh, the, other, the other support race we've got this year is um, a kart race. We've not had uh, carts at the mountain before, and there's a special laid-out track between uh, Murray's Corner up to Michelin Bridge and back down to the start line. This is going to be run now on the Friday and the Saturday lunchtime break and uh, gives a whole lot of novices an opportunity to have a race around the mountain in a kart. I'd say that the carts will be very good action. We've seen them before at uh, supporting the Grand Prix and other events, and they always put in some good racing. Yeah, it would be great racing and uh, introduce a lot of people to the delights of Mount Panorama. Now, Greg, of course, one of those things we always ask is, who do you reckon is going to be the winner up on the mountain this year? I think, uh, hands down, Volvo have got a real big shot at this this year. It'd be great to see Jim Richards win his sixth race. Uh, if he does, he'll be the second most celebrated winner of the Bathurst 1000. So I think my money might be quietly on the Volvos this year. 
Of course, I think usually through the Northern Territory table, someone certainly can usually bet, bet on the race, can't you? Yes, you can. Um, you send a bet, I think, take a bets on the race. I understand TAB, the TAB might be taking bets on the race this year as well. Greg Eaton, thanks very much for your time. Thank you very much. With me currently, Dwayne Bewley, who's driving the Peugeot 406 this year at Bathurst. Dwayne, what's your background in motorsport? Uh, back in New Zealand, we started off doing motocross as a junior, and then we produ- uh, proceeded into a club car, uh, Formula Ford, a little bit of go-karting, uh, and then a New Zealand touring car for um, one season, which didn't go too well because of the budget. And then over here, we managed to get the opportunity with the Super Tourer, with the Fastway Racing Team. Okay, now in 1997 you drove the Peugeot 405. Uh, this year at Bathurst you're going to be driving the Peugeot 406. Have you had a chance to drive the 406 yet? Yeah, we did a test at Eastern Creek um, in the 406. Uh, I didn't get to do too many laps in it, but um, the times that I was doing in the 406 were uh, compatible with the Audis, the Volvo and McLean um, when they were there on the Friday. So, um, And they were extremely consistent, so I was extremely happy with the car. It's still got a lot of room for improvement but basically it comes to testing and money. That's always one of the problems, isn't it? definitely the money. Now, of course, it, one of the things about getting money is getting publicity, and you certainly got your own fair share of publicity at Bathurst last year when you pushed the Fastway Courier's Peugeot 405 over the line. Uh, we'd like to tell us a little bit about that event. Uh, yeah, what happened is um, we had eight laps to go, and uh, I was just coming out of Forest Elbow, and we lost all pressure, and what actually happened is the oil pump belt had come off, obviously by a stone or something like that, um, we tried to coast down Conrod straight back to the pits because we thought, well, we've got eight laps to go, what have we got to lose? Uh, we just got out of Caltex chase and the engine it blew up. Um, we pulled over to the side and I thought, well, I don't know how bad the engine could have been, so I thought, well, we'll wait here for eight laps and hopefully the car will start. Um, I got back in on the last lap to start it, it wouldn't start. So, okay, well, let's see if we can roll down the hill and around the corner and up to the finish line for my team and for the sponsors just so they could because the sponsors were there so they could see the car see the chequered flag and um, of course I uh, sort of forgotten how steep the, <laughs> the hill was and uh, we didn't make it so I got out out of the car to the side and started pushing from the door and it's like no way I could push it from there and then the crowd just came down like a like a swarm of bees and uh, just started cheering and chanting and I thought well if I stop now they're going to kill me so the longer it took the worse it got I just had to <laughs> had to keep pushing to get it across the line when you say that the crowd came down like a swarm of bees, I know that where I was standing, I was down on the sideline there just under the bridge and I was cheering myself hoarse and, and everybody who the radio commentary did last year heard me cheering like mad as well saying, get that thing across the line. Could you really hear that crowd going for it? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, at times it was sort of like it, it almost went blank. It was, you know, it was a moment I'll never forget. Um, it was it was a magic moment. The whole night was actually. It's you know, I woke up in the morning and thought, well, you know, what happened? <laughs> I must admit, when I got to you, talk to you, you were lying on the, the the guys that hold you up in the back of the uh, flatbed truck, and you were completely, utterly, as they say, stuffed. Uh, you were really taken out. Did did you really feel that it was that harder push? Well, put it this way: as soon as I got across the line, my legs just collapsed, and I tried. It was a funny thing. I tried to stand up, and I couldn't. The guys had to lift me. Um, and then once I got back to the pits, like I sat down obviously and then it started coming back. But the next day I felt it in my legs. It was, I, you know, it's, I don't know how I did it, but you just sometimes you, you try your best and I just pushed, pushed my legs to the limit, I suppose. As one of those great defining moments of most of all, particularly for the AMP 1000, the first year of Super Tourism, you know, it's really one of those moments that made the event. Now, what are your plans for the future and uh, 1999 and beyond? Well, our plans are at the stage um, to complete the whole championship next year and the BOC Gases, um, and obviously AMP Bathurst, um, in the 406. 
Um, at this stage, we're trying to find a personal sponsor, uh, either from New Zealand or Australia. That's what it really hinges on at the moment is money. Um, but we'll just keep plugging away and hopefully we can get there. So for Dwayne Bewley, there's a whole bunch of All Black supporters over there in New Zealand going to be cheering for you. Oh, I hope so, yeah. Dwayne Bewley, thanks for your time. Thank you. Driving with the Faber-Castell Racing Team, Justin Matthews. Justin, can you tell us a little bit about, about your background in motorsport? Uh, well, uh, about uh, oh, probably 10 years ago, I suppose it was, I bought a couple of go-karts, and my brother and I used to uh, thrash them around practice days and such like, and people used to say, oh, you should race them and, uh, you know, do a few things like that. We never actually ever got round to it, but eventually I thought, yeah, I should get into it. So we uh, we bought a Formula V and did uh, did some races, got... Uh, Got some points up and then got the uh, 1600 Corolla and started in the 2-litre series. Yeah, you've always had a bit of a reputation with your team of having reliable cars, particularly your BMW you've been running. Um, how do you, what do you attribute that reliability to? Well, we, um, we pick ex-factory vehicles only, so they've had the right development. Um, and we don't uh, stuff around with the setup. Like uh, with things, if the engines are developed as far as they're going to go, then that's all you're going to get out of them. So we keep putting them back together the same way. And Bob, uh, Bob obviously has uh, an incredible ability to just uh, to do things the right way and make it reliable, and make it cheap, and uh, that's how we do it. Now this year at Bathurst AMP 1000, what's your aim for the race? To finish, like normal. Any ideas of, of where you'd like to finish? Oh, we'd love to uh, love to repeat what we've done, but. Um, You've got to go to the race with an open mind, and uh, as I've said to some people, qualifying doesn't matter where you qualify because you, you know, to finish first, first you've got to finish, and uh, you just got to stick to a schedule and stick with your plan and just keep going and going. And if everyone else's plans fall to bits, then you come out on top. If uh, if, they, if their plans don't fall to bits, then it's it's down to um, down to the fractions of a seconds. But uh, no, we're just going to keep keep going around, do what we did last year. Uh, we went a bit slower than we wanted to last year because we did have a little bit of a diff problem. But, um, hey, we'll just get out there and see if we can repeat it. And what are your plans for 1999? Uh, at the moment, um, who knows? It's uh, it's difficult. We've got to find uh, find another car. We need to upgrade the car and uh, because we've we've got it going as well faster than it's ever been before, uh, but there's not a lot left in it. So we need to now take the next step up and get a faster car to uh, to keep going. So we've just got to find the budget to do that and see how we go. Do you think you stick with the BMW or do you think you may potentially go to another make? Um, we'd like to stick with the BMW. We know what we're doing, we know how to fix them, we know how to run them. But um, it's all down to um, down to what a sponsor wants, uh, how much we can find, you know, things like that. So uh, we've got an open mind. We'll uh, I'll drive anything. <laughs> And that's one of the things you've always got a smile on your face. That's the other thing I think. Is, is it one of those things you've got to keep that, that balance in when you in your racing to sort of enjoy it, not let it get a bit of a drudge? Well, yeah. I mean, I um, I mean, a lot of this is, is funded out of my own uh, my own pocket, so I have to work a lot of hours to, to make the money. You know, I'm, I'm just a builder and I'm only very small scale, so uh, there's only a certain amount of uh, of door locks you can screw on and uh, you know sheets of jute rock you can nail up in a day. So um, if I'm not having fun, then uh, what's the point of being here? You know. I've got to be having fun, otherwise I'm, I'm not going to spend my money. Justin Matthews, keep on having fun and we'll see you on the mountain. No worries, thanks, Colin. Well, it is a flashback indeed from Inside Motorsport. Thanks for being with us. I hope you enjoyed this look back at the 1998 build-up to the AMP 1000. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.